are live here. So this is great. Perfect. We're looking good. And we've got the official sound, the official sound of the round table rally coming up right here. There it is. If you heard that, <laughs> we'll get started here talking about the first consultation. And I figure we'll get started talking about the the beginning, the middle, and the end of that first consultation. That is, uh, you know, setting up for communication, meeting the customer on site, and then deciding afterwards if that's a customer you want to take on or not, or wherever you take it from there, preparing that quote. So I figure we'll start off really quick uh, to make sure that everyone's going to have a chance to talk here and uh, ask you guys, what do you do to set up that communication? So you've scheduled that appointment for that first consultation with that client. What do you do to communicate prior to that first consultation? Because I've shown up to consultations before and the customer or the client may not have been there or the client just completely forgot. And that's when I realized I need to set up something to make sure that they're there or to make sure to, to communicate with them that I'm showing up at this time, hey, and, and text them, whatever. So what's your method? Really quick, one minute. What do you do to communicate with that client to ensure that they know and that they are prepared for you to come? We'll start up at the top left. Uh, Jeremy at J Squared Outdoor. Um, well, shoot, I think, uh, most of the time I try to call people ahead just to remind them, um, Hey, I'm coming. And well, I think, uh, you know, it's important too to, when you're vetting your clients, make sure you're meeting with people that are excited. And if it's someone that, uh, doesn't seem real excited about the job that might forget about you, you can probably <clears throat> pick that out on that first phone call. So, you know, before you're even setting up consultations, you want to make sure that it's good people that are good jobs for you and um you know kind of get that out of the way but i always like to give people a shout ahead of time just uh hey i'm gonna be there tomorrow we're gonna talk about your patio and just kind of get a feel for them that way and generally i don't have people flaking on me that way absolutely and tony at uh, zamco group tell us what you do yes uh well i mean i honestly i'd say the last year just because of the influx of uh of demand that we've all been seeing. Um, I've kind of changed my process a bit and I've, I'm still changing and I'm still kind of uh, adapting to it. But I've honestly, I've signed contracts without ever even uh, stepping foot on site just because we were so overloaded. Uh, obviously with contingencies that, you know, if there's height variances or anything. But yeah, I mean, essentially now what I do is um, I speak to the client uh, initially over the phone, I asked them, you know, basic questions about their project first to see if it's even a project that's, that's, I wouldn't say worth doing, but if it's our type of project, if we're the right contractor for that client, um, and I have them email me their certificate of localization. I basically have them send me all the info that I would need, all the documentation I would need to go to the next step, just to see how prepared and how serious they are. And, uh, once I've done that, you know, I could kind of filter out the ones that are like, oh, yeah, well, uh, I mean, can you just give me a price? Like, look, I'm sorry, that's not how I work. But, you know, um, if you find your documents, you know, give, give me a call because that person's not serious. Or I tell them, um, do you have a plan? Because now I, I've made us, I put my foot down. I will not bid on anything without a plan. And um, do you have a plan? Sometimes they do. Yeah, I have this, I had one made or my pool contractor put one together. Okay, that's fine. I can give you a price, a preliminary quote just off of that square footage. But if you actually want, you know, because uh, to vet out the clients that are just calling for um, ideas and, and kind of shopping and having fun with it, uh, I don't give my ideas unless they're paying me for a plan. And uh, that's it. So look, if you have a plan, I'll give you a quote. And then from there, you can, you'll, you'll be able to see if I'm too expensive for you or if I'm in your budget. And then we can move on to the next step. But that's how I've been doing it. And it's been, I've been really able to, um, to to uh, pre-qualify the clients better that way over to you craig scheller at scheller outdoor living um so i i had one where i went to the other day where we i'd set up the appointment like seven or eight days before so i um uh, i just sent a quick text um that morning just to make sure that we were still on and um and she was like yep yeah, sounds good my husband will be there i'll be coming coming in you know from work or whatever so I think I think just following up, especially if it's a few days in advance, uh, making sure that I like to have both uh, 
parties there if possible to the decision makers so that we can uh, get both sides of what they're looking for. So I usually try to set up times and make sure that both of them can be there for that. Absolutely. And on to Matt Heiner at the underscore Yardist and Heiner Outdoor Living. Oh, you're muted, Matt. There we go. What's up, everybody? So I I make sure that everybody sends me photos. So my first consultation is either via Zoom or just on the phone. So we're looking at their yards. I'll fly in with uh, Google Earth and I'll, you know, we'll talk about every aspect that we need to, that we would talk about in their yard. And I'm just doing that over the phone. So we're touching on price before I go out there. We're touching on everything. And uh, they, they know that they're going to pay me for a design. So by the time I get there for that first meeting, um, you know, I, I want to stuff because we've gotten some of that business, uh, all the all the business stuff out of the way. We've touched on budget to make sure we're in the right realm, that they know that we can have a high, medium or low space just based on finishes that we want to use and they're going to know that they're going to be paying me for a design before i leave to get uh, to a final quote on to dan wasson at the dot dan dot wasson and wasson nursery on instagram oh i think you're muted too dan yeah all right there i am can you hear me now oh yeah all right so um when we set an appointment and it's like far ahead of time, uh, we will do a like a call ahead, um, usually maybe a couple days before or um, uh, maybe that morning, um, especially like we look at weather, like uh, the past snowstorm that hit, we had a bunch of appointments and uh, it's always good to, we're thinking ahead, it's uh, convenient for the homeowner. We can say, hey, it looks like there's a lot of snow. That's, it's cold out, let's push this thing back a couple weeks or whatever, so, but, um, to answer that question, yeah, that in that in that initial call, you know, when it gets set up, they do um, the secretaries and the coordinators do run through a um, a prompt of you know, do you have this? Do you have a site plan? And um, are you aware there's a design fee and all that? And that's kind of talked about first, and then we set that appointment, and then you know, then we uh, that's when we would do the the, the call ahead deal. On to Mike at Paver underscore King. Uh, so I quickly refer any kind of leads to the women because that's the best way to deal with it. I'm incompetent. So no, I, so we have two. So uh, Kelly, who's our office manager, depending on the lead and Nancy, who's our designer. So when the, like today, two leads came in. Um, one was a, a pool company we work closely with that has uh, have about 15 poolscapes they're doing this year that they can't install a landscape so they've asked us to step in so the pool lead went to um, Nancy because she's obviously a senior designer and has worked with me for 10 years and another lead came in it was a phone call from our website and it was someone who's looking to re and re their patio and extend it like take all the existing pavers away and extend the patio so you know Kelly's uh, my wife's only been doing this with us for a couple of years. So she took that lead. You know, it's a good lead to learn on. It's a good lead to get to know someone. And she has to do some real on-site experience. So I kind of split them that way. And then um, the lead with Nancy, that's obviously a big job referred to us from a pool company that we put a lot of importance on. Um, so I'm going to attend that meeting and Nancy's going to manage me to be there. And then she'll manage the client as well because I'm not good at those things. So I have sort of diluted myself out of that because I'm not great at um, making sure that I show up or people show up. So now Nancy and Kelly make sure that those two things happen for us. Smart, putting the people in place. And on to Caleb Amon at Amon Landscape LLC. Hey everybody. Um, so this year, and I think like Tony was saying, it's like for us and probably like everybody, it's an ever evolving, uh, uh, template that we're going off of how to best facilitate meeting with clients. And our big thing this year is, is really vetting probably I might be vetting a little too hard to an extent to where it's, it might be not pot, you know, negative to the company uh, because I'm real, we really are like, I uh, think like we might be the smallest company in the room here. I don't know, but like I have very little, little time to, to go out and look at leads that are, are questionable. So, 
Uh, I'm really putting my efforts on referrals, like really hard uh, leads that come in just from our website or just a, a cold lead. Um, you know, we're, I'm really vetting those hard, frankly. So I am, I am getting down to business as far as budget, pretty tactfully, of course, uh, but as rapidly as possible. Um, tactfully, again, of course, uh, you know, budget expectations. Is there a plan already? Um, you know, what are their thoughts on paying for a plan or just a simple sketch? Uh, asking for, uh, I think, uh, Tony or Heiner was saying, text photos, the area, email, an address, so I can figure out the neighborhood. Uh, a lot of things like that. So I'm really vetting pretty hard this year. Um, just trying to focus on our repeat business and our referral work more so than ever and taking care of the people that repeatedly take care of us more instead of chasing some of the dead leads. So that's the philosophy this year. Last year it was different. The year before that was slightly different, you know, so we're always just trying to work through this and figure, figure out what's working best. But this year, uh, 2021, that's, that's kind of the route we're going is, is again, folks on, uh, referrals and, um, and, uh, our good, our good customers, I guess. Definitely. So you guys have communicated the proper parties have shown up. I want to talk about what you show up with, with that first consultation or whoever is showing up to represent your business. What do they bring with them? And we're going to work in reverse order here. So, uh, Caleb, back to you. What do you show up with on that first consultation when you're meeting with that customer? Um, our three primary things, uh, of course, you know, my, my job file on them, on that customer, as much information as I can get off of, uh, you know, the county auditor's website, a footprint of the property, um, obviously all their contact info, all that stuff, the notes we had over the phone. I'm taking a zip level with me to, to capture grades on, on that trip, uh, measuring wheel, you know, all, all the basic stuff, paint, all, all those kind of things. We just started, uh, I just, we bought a new iPad, a really big one. Andy Mulder had this, uh, one of the newer iPads. And then a, another designer we work with has a, a, pro, a, a program called Morfolio and another program called NearMap. And that's one we're, at, we're, we're adopting this year to try to do better just field sketches and field presentation, you know, for just quick little jobs. And uh, that's something we're messing with. The more, I think it's Morfolio. That's a really neat, and I, I'm really uh borderline incompetent and probably just full-blown incompetent when it comes to the in integration of technology in the company with especially you know graphic things like that uh the portfolio thing is really neat you can really make some sharp looking uh just sketches really quick especially if, if uh like this is the new ipad so it's got a really good stylus with it and that stylus has all sorts of different line weights that are um, available at your immediate disposal so you can really sketch up some cool stuff immediately so uh, and in that way, we, too, we can get in the office and share files back and forth real quick, Britt and I. So, um, and just taking lots of site photos and and uh, and all that stuff. So, those are those are the items we're taking with us now. Awesome. On to you, Mike. Me? Oh yeah, you, Mike uh, Paver King. Okay. Uh, so I take nothing, but Nancy or Kelly. That's what I bring to a quote. Honestly, like I don't bring anything because I'm terrible at it. I'm good at communicating with people. I'm good at sort of making that initial rapport with a client, making a quick judgment. When it turns to bringing stuff, Nancy brings one of the uh, like goofy zip levels. I don't know how it works. I don't understand it at all. I know everyone, like everyone else loves them. I have a string line and a laser level, uh, but Nancy brings her zip level to some of those jobs and a notebook and a notepad. And she would take all the notes. And really I've downloaded that sort of communication of that kind of important stuff to her. Um, and then Kelly would bring a notebook and stuff with her and I would just sort of tag along. So, um, you know, I really, I bring Kelly or Nancy because they're far better at that than I am. It's not my skill. So I try to stay out of it. I take terrible notes <laughs> and I'm also not good at technology integration, much like Caleb, horrible at it. So, so maybe well, I should... and that S70 you drove to drove to the job you, there's no room in the cab for anything any, <laughs> <laughs> after driving all night to get there at 10 kilometers an hour <laughs> <laughs> on to the dan wasson so um much like caleb caleb will show up with a lot of you know all the measuring equipment um we do carry on a zip level i think that's um a necessity nowadays um uh you know uh depending on what they want. Cause we've had a, a couple phone calls with them of like, you know, what exactly they're wanting. We'll bring some pictures of some jobs 
that we've done in the past that might mirror what they're looking for. We'll bring um, some lighting books. We'll bring some uh, some paver books and maybe some samples if if we kind of can uh, get a heads up of, of really where they're where they're going. So um, and I always always forget. This is kind of silly. I forget my own business card all the time. It's either on my desk or uh, in my truck. So um, I got to do better at my my own business card. But that's um, um, what what we bring. Also a job folder. We have a job folder that asks tons of questions, um, not just for the homeowner, but for the designer to fill out. You know, what's the grade? Are there gutters? Is there a septic system? Is there irrigation system? Is there a dog fence? So uh, we have a full pamphlet of all kinds of questions that are that are silly questions that but you can easily forget so we we fill that out as well definitely on to the underscore yardist matt uh yeah i'm like caleb uh my ipad pro that's all i bring anymore Uh, i don't bring anything i i forgot my mask yesterday and i had to like leave and go get one but (laughs) um uh but no the ipad has everything we uh i use the concepts ask app um and i can sketch things out really well just to get some general ideas just showing my competence but really i'm you know i'll have the zip level but i won't do that until i've gotten them to commit to a design i'm really pushing you know getting people to sign off on a design and then i'll i'll just set the stage that those are the tools that we'll use to make sure that we're putting a thorough job together in the design and the planning process. But the iPad has, you know, I've got folders of photos and uh, sometimes I'll just bring up Instagram right there on the spot, just cause that that's got a lot of the photos right there that I can show them. And so, um, yep, concepts app. And uh, we use uh, uh, Morfolio Trace as well. I just found it a little limiting for me uh, from a design standpoint, but I will actually export my stuff to Morfolio because it's got some tools that Concepts has. There's no one size fits all for me just yet, so. Excellent. And then Craig Scheller, Scheller Out There Living. I'm, a, I'm taking notes, this is pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, I, I usually try to get, uh, I'll send like a digital file of our, like if it's a cool bid, we'll do a, I'll send the digital catalog basically so they can kind of select and see the see what, what we offer. And then sometimes I'll send a paper manufacturer catalog, but those can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, so I was trying to, I'm trying to figure that out. But usually I'll take a, a catalog of a product we use a lot um, and kind of show some ideas in that. Um, and then I, I definitely take my zip level. I take my you know, measuring wheel. Um, I, I just use a notepad that's you know, graph paper so I can do some measurements and sketching on there. Sometimes I'll leave with a, I'll leave not giving them anything, but kind of show them a concept of what I'm thinking on that pad, you know, before I leave and see if, you know, this is kind of what they're thinking. I do not do designs. So uh, occasionally I'll take my contract designer. I mentioned last, a couple weeks ago on here. Um, I'll have her meet me if we're going to do, if I know it's going to be a full design and they've already committed over the phone for that. We'll do, we'll go together and do the meeting together. So um, it just kind of depends on the, the customer. I, I'm definitely, uh, like Caleb, I'm, I'm booking like July and August already. So I'm very, very selective with how I'm, uh, the meetings I'm taking because my phone has been going crazy the last few, few weeks. So it's a good problem, but I'm definitely, uh, trying to be a little bit more, uh, careful with the, with the visits I take, I guess. Absolutely. So, Tony at Zamco Group. Uh, well, for me, I mean, uh, I've hired my brother in the last uh, beginning of last season to take on sales. So I, I rarely do sales calls anymore. Um, honestly, it's it's about one. I have, my workload is insane. I'm, I'm managing all the job sites. I'm doing all the designs. Um, there's a lot of work already on my a lot of my plate. So as far as the sales calls, I do almost everything over the phone. Uh, if I have to go see the project, if the client is serious, like I was saying earlier, I will go see them for sure. I'm going to go and present myself. I need to see heights and I need to see if there's any, because I always ask them, you know, is there anything I should know? Is you, are you a lot higher than your neighbor? And no, but everyone's always at the same level. <laughs> Everyone is always perfectly level with everything around them, miraculously. Um, so I don't take that chance. And when I go, 
you know, I figure that if I'm displacing myself, I'm going to bring my, uh, I don't use a zip level, which I'm, I definitely want to get informed more about because I see a lot of guys are using it, but I use, uh, you know, your, uh, I have the Stabila laser level and uh, I use that to pull my heights and all that. So it gives me a good idea. And honestly, it's more of a show than anything. You pull out the tripod and all, and it looks like a little spaceship when you turn it on because it flashes like four different color lights. So the clients are always like, wow, that's, you know, simple tools. Uh, so I'll bring that. Um, I was looking into the re, was it the rethinkable or rethinkable, the, that sketch pad that you can write and it turns your writing into notes. Um, I haven't purchased it yet, but I, in the meantime, I bought the Fusion a rocket book. I think the rocket book fusion. So I like that because I, I jot my notes and I could erase and, and all that, even though I'm in pen and, and load them into emails. So now I bring my rocket book, my erasable notepad. Uh, I bring my laser level, um, always my tackle block catalog, which to solve the issue of the business card, because I had the exact same issue that I got I, on Vistaprint, I got stickers of my business cards made and I stick them to the catalogs. So yeah. It does two things. One, the client has all your info on that big catalog instead of this little card. And two, when they pull that catalog out in front of your competitor, if they're calling someone else, like, um, they, I mean, they know what's up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, they know what they're up against. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of a, a marketing tool as well, or it, it deters them, or it also allows them to say, you know, you know what? we're known to have our price point. So they'll, they'll comfortably charge a bit more knowing they might still come in under us, but it still allows us to have a better, uh, a smaller bridge between our price and their price. So I use it more strategically, the business card on the, the, on the catalog. But yeah, aside from that, I mean, that's pretty much it, but I get almost all my info over the phone. Initially it's, uh, I find there's a lot of, I don't know if it's the same thing in all the markets right now, but here it's like, ton of people wasting our time and it's I'm, I've almost lost the patience for it and that's why I just push all the the ones that I, I vet them before even call, talking to them like this is my brother's type of client they're gonna be needy and they might be a great client but they're gonna be needy and I just don't have the patience for it anymore so I just put them off on him and he takes care of them really well so yeah, um, but my brother has the iPad and everything. So we're kind of using a big mix of everyone's <laughs> systems. It just depends on who's showing up on the job. Gotcha. And yeah. on to Jeremy at J Squared Outdoor. Mine's real simple. I just bring a notepad and my ears. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just listen. Perfect. But Perfect. I, I, uh, I saw the design at that meeting, and then I have an assistant that goes back and measures and does um, – side analysis with the zip level and all that kind of stuff. I just, I notepad in my ears. That's all I take. Interesting. That's smart because the time you're investing into the pulling the grades and, and all that while you're assistant, I mean, you've technically already engaged them because they paid you for the design. Right. So that's, that's the best thing. That's kind of the best way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't have a lot of time to sit there and, and do yeah. all that. I just got to get and go. So exactly. And takes care of all that for me, um, which is nice. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it leads perfectly into our next segment where this is this is the majority of it. And this is a free-for-all now. So I'm not going to call on you. Feel free to butt in when you want. What are you asking on the job site? Jeremy, if you're just coming with a notepad, I'm sure you're asking questions and just listening. And, uh, and what are those questions that you're asking? What's that information that you're trying to pull from your customers? Feel free to butt in whenever you want. Feel free to ask each other questions if you have questions to dig further on each other's. But what is that information? What are those questions specifically that you're asking those customers that you are getting from them? And, and where do you take that? Um, what I found is very practical now because I've had this conversation. We've had this conversation in the past that the budget question is a very touchy subject for a lot of clients, where they feel like you're either calling them cheap or you're uh, trying to see how much you could get out of them. So it's very touchy. So basically, I always start with uh, how long are you planning to stay in this home? Because that kind of because then you could segue into okay, well, look, if you're planning. I mean, if, if your kids are young and you're planning to stay here 10, 15 years, like where were you 10, 15 years ago? What were you doing? They're like, yeah, 
That was a pretty long time ago. Yeah, it was a pretty long time. So let's understand that you're going to be here a long time. Maybe it's worth investing a little bit more into the project to really get what you want. You haven't even, you've already put them in the mindset of having a, a higher budget. Uh, that's a, that's a strategy that I've worked out without just straight up saying, you know, what are you looking to spend out here? Because they're never. I mean, they're a bit when you're designing, they're more um, honest, I guess, because they know that they're going to pay for revisions. So, uh, but when you're just kind of spitballing and then throwing a quote, I think that that's a very, that's worked for me um, to gauge the client. So that's a really good way to, to get people in that mind frame to spend a little bit more money and kind of understanding who you're working with. Mm-hmm. Well, it's worked uh, out. I mean, then, go ahead. We'll, uh, we'll start out with, uh, you know, the, normal questions, but it, before, before even that, uh, we kind of, you know, do we shake hands? Do we fist bump, you know, with the whole COVID thing? So that's usually like a good segue for us to, to kind of break the ice. We kind of joke around with them, kind of get them talking before we really break into a lot of those questions. Um, you know, find out they have kids, what they like. It's always, you know, it gets us on like a really personal basis with them, but you know, a lot of those questions, Tony, we, we ask a lot of the same questions, you know, budget, uh, you know, we try to ask for budget because most customers response so to hard. what the budget is, well, I don't know. And so um, we try to uh, ask some other questions to get them thinking, you know, like if I said X amount, how does that make you feel? You know, so that's how that's how we kind of get around the budget without asking for a budget. Um, but then, you know, I ask, you know, what's their what's their style? You know, do you entertain a lot? Um, I, I, I like to you know, look at the inside of the house. Like, I'm like, you know, this is the view that you see the most. We don't see the view because we don't own the house, of course. So, you know, uh, what do you want to look at? And, and um, there's a lot of questions that I think of just randomly and, and spur of the moment that are probably site specific, you know? Um, so there's, there's, there's tons of questions, but I think the, the most important thing is trying to narrow in on, on, what kind of budget they might be thinking about or just get them thinking about that they're that there's going to be a budget one day and and then also talking about like what their style is what they want how many kids do they have you know uh, how how much are they going to entertain do they want the big grill do they want the small grill do they even like to grill so um we get pretty in-depth with a lot of these questions because that really steers steers our design well i think a big part of it is nobody you know n- none of us here are uh, signing contracts, you know, off of uh, off of price at the end of the day. So I feel like we do have to ask specific questions and it, it sucks to always come back to budget, but I feel like because we're, we're all uh, winning the projects because we're the better option or that's how we're the, comf- the client feels more comfortable giving it to us, uh, it always comes down to budget at the end of the day. And you're kind of always asking questions and you're, and you're bringing it back, but but even though you stray away from it, it's like, okay, I want this, you know, and, and you kind of, I, I have a tendency and maybe it's a bad habit to keep going back. Like, okay, well, you know, you said you want to spend this, but then they're like, oh, and um, you know, like, oh, we would love a fire pit. Okay. But just so we could, ver- I just want to understand like where we stand because, you know, fire pit, just let you know, that's about like, you know, eight to 10,000, you know, and, and that's the big chunk of that budget that you were talking about earlier. And they're like, oh, okay. But now, um, it's, it's, I've seen people where I've lost them there completely where they're like, Oh, okay. Well, if that fire pits eight to 10, then I can only imagine what the rest of the project is. And at that point, like it, it's almost hard to where you have to adapt your questions to, to, to bring them back in. Right. So I feel like there's a lot of times, like Dan said, you come up on spur of the moment, uh, you read the client and, and every question is kind of client specific uh, or not every question, but there are questions that are client specific and site specific that, that you can't prepare for. So I had a a project last, uh, well, we we bid it last fall and uh, it was a referral from one of my suppliers and uh, it was actually for a a swimming pool. And so it was close, it was really close to home. And uh, so I went, I went to the meeting um, and we started talking about, you know, how they were gonna use it. They have kids, grandkids, all their kids are out of the house. Um, They wanna be there maybe five years, you know, kind of, we're kind of getting, getting all that stuff. And then the size and the, the backyard was fairly small. Um, I was like, well, this is the pool we can get, you know, if you want, and they wanted a fireplace and a patio and, you know, all this stuff. And I, and I start talking about, 
the the budget and the, you know are does this scare you and all this and whatever and they were like oh we were you know i was approaching a hundred thousand you know like and they were like oh we were thinking you know 50 or something like that for all of that stuff of course um so i just started asking them more questions you know what's the purpose of the space you know um they they were thinking fireplace i was like well, fire pit might be better if you have the grandkids over and you want to cook s'mores and everybody wants to gather around. And, and we sold them a really nice $30,000, you know, patio out of that meeting. I didn't leave not getting any work. I got what they actually probably needed and wanted for the space in the yard for how long they were going to be there. So it, it turned out to be a win just because I kept working with them on what they actually wanted to get, what they actually wanted to do with, with the backyard. So sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. But. Mike, you, Always question. you mentioned Mike uh, or Paver King. You mentioned that you talked about having people in place for you, and they take care a lot of the uh, initial consultation uh, on the phone and leading into care of the measuring and the recording of stuff. Right, <laughs> questions and the dealing with that's me. So yes. So uh, what are you? What are you doing on site so in that initial consultation? The first thing I, if I'm walking up, I've done. Anyways, I'm sure we've all done thousands of these things, but I, when I'm walking up to a house, the first thing I do is look at the front door because in general, the front door will tell you all you need to know about that client. And a lot, I have encountered that most people that are getting landscaping, their front door has been changed recently, painted, has a big stained glass window. And as soon as they answer their door, I'm like, wow, man, your door is awesome. Love this door. And that gives me a huge amount of information about them and what they're willing to spend on things. If someone has a $10,000 front door, which exists, I know a lot about doors because I want to know what they've spent on that door. And once you compliment the door or the color of the door, it gets them off topic to the landscaping and it lets me get to know them. Uh, the other thing, the first thing, as soon as they open the door, I look at the shoes. I know that I close 80% of single women. And if all there is is women's shoes there, I'm like, bang, I know this is good. Um, or I can tell how many kids are there by the shoes on the floor. I gather all that information without trying to ask them too many questions. But normally I take things like the first time Nancy came with me, she was like, you don't ever talk about landscaping. I'm like, I don't need to. Like I can get all, everything I need to know from them without asking awkward, weird questions. Or like, you know, I struggle with the budget like everyone else. But at the end of the day, I still, you know, I can usually judge what someone will spend on landscaping based on the other renovations they've done around the house. Um, and that's what I spend more time looking at. But honestly, the front door gives me so much info right away. I just know if that's our client or not. I can almost tell by the front door and the shoes. There's been times I've looked at the front door and the shoes and then been like, yeah, I'm out. See you later. <laughs> it's like missing paint. <laughs> like it's flaking. It's like, it's like, are you planning to change here. this thing? <laughs> Kind of shoe does it for you. It's not right. We're out. We're out. You could start. You could start selling doors, I guess. Uh, no, no. I, no. That was, I probably want to talk about the landscape. That get into decks or what is that? Yeah, I just it breaks. I it, honestly, the door just or even the garage door. A lot of people spend a lot of money on their garage doors. You can tell a good garage door from the road. You know, like if someone's serious about their house, they're serious about their garage door. Like those are garage doors, front doors. Those are things that. People don't have to spend a lot of money on, but you can tell whether or not they care about style. And like, there's all these funky, like straight lines. Like if someone has like funky straight lines and really linear design in their stained glass on their front door, I know that's probably how they're going to want to carry their backyard. And those are the kind of products and ideas they'll bring up. If they have like a really intricate sort of like churchy, you know, windy, loopy, curvy front door, then I know that that's where I'm going to take that design because that says everything about a person, you know, your front door, when you walk in, walk, go to the house, it's literally how they're greeting people that are coming to their house every day. So they care about it. Anyways, sales meeting tomorrow. I'm bringing this up to all the sales guys. Look at the door. and look at you you got to write a book, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I need, I need this information. <laughs> I'm a bizarre way of looking at everything. <laughs> It does. It works. I can tell you. Look at the door. You'll know as much as you know about that person. And the shoes. And the shoes. You want to know if someone has kids? Look at the shoes. You want to know if there's a man in the house? Look at the. I mean, I did. I learned that from a real estate agent. We were buying a house and we were we were looking at it and there was no men's clothes in the house and he was like, "Oh, we can look. We can go low on this son of a bitch. Like, there's no men's clothes here. That means there's 
probably a divorce and we can probably get this house at a good rate. So I was like, wow, I should apply that. Like, so I look at all that, like, you know, how much information can I gather without actually, it's, you know, without actually, you know, I always try to keep them. I was talking to Caleb about this too. Like I always try to keep people um, beside each other, not across from each other. I manipulate them so that they're not opposed because that's a, a, a point of aggression when a couple's looking at each other. So you try to keep them, you know, keep Nancy and I try to always keep them from like, look in that it's easier to get them to agree to stuff, especially on the first consultation. Like, do we want to fool? Do we not want to fool? You know, they're, they, they're not, com they're not in a confrontational position with each other. Uh, anyway, sorry. I mean, I use up all that time, but no. Oh, that, that, that's that's fascinating and it's a, a, an angle that we haven't discussed and maybe we'll come back to that but but caleb you mentioned that you spend a lot of time qualifying customers so you're already asking them so many questions what questions specifically are you asking them when you're on site in that initial consultation um well first thing i'm looking at now is the doors the door that's for <laughs> sure um but that's i'm i've thought about that i since he's been talking about it, i've been thinking about that and the door thing is that's interesting. So anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm really hung up on that, Mike. So you're amazing, dude. Um, so, you know, we're, we're big on, you know, budget, you know, again, is always the magic question. Right. And so, um, one of the things I'll ask too is, you know, when we're either in the qualifying stage or pre-meetings or, or during, you know, is there a set of plans for this project? Have you had any other quotes, you know, are you anticipating what, you know, what, a project of this scope or nature, you know, is, is going to cost and, um, you know, all, you know, trying to draw that budget. I'm, I'm real big on that because that's in, in our rural demographic, especially like there can be some very modest houses that are going to spend 45,000 bucks and or 60 or 70. And then, you know, we've had some very nice properties that actually are the worst nickel and dimers, you know, we've ever had kind of deal. And so, um, you know, just trying to just trying to tactfully again eke out the budget number, or at least a range, and you know, say, well, you know, projects like this we've done in the past hover around forty five thousand ish or whatever. And um, you know, one thing too, when people say I want a fireplace, let's say I want a fireplace, I am immediately tacking down if they're they mean a fire pit or a fireplace, and make sure we're getting our nomenclature straight there because you know, ten thousand dollars minimum on a fireplace, right? Uh, versus you know a, a a thousand bucks on a, on a nice fire pit. Uh, so we're, we're working through making sure we're understanding, um, something we could have a really good conversation on one of these days. And, and Mike was alluding to it there, but his body language is a huge, is a huge deal. And something I've noticed, I guess, to kind of go down a side thing, cause I'm, I'm watching this a lot when I'm talking to clients or I'll catch myself when I'm, when I'm talking to a client and say, I'm not facing them. And I'll notice they keep leaning over to get in front of me as they're talking. I realize I'm not giving them my full attention with my body facing them. And you start watching body language like that. And it'll tell you a lot about what that client is like. They're really make, wanting to make sure they're conveying what they're talking to, you know, to. So body language is something I'm watching a lot with how they're, you know, how they're holding their arms, you know, or, you know, stuff like that. And so I'm always watching that. And uh, but again, you know, back to the asking the questions. Um, you know, your standard stuff, what is, what is the space going to be used for? How many, um, how much, you know, maintenance, all, all the basic stuff really. Cause our projects aren't super elaborate. Like a lot of what do you, what do you guys install here? Some amazing work in this room that you folks do. So ours, ours are, are, are a lot more simple style projects. And maybe I'm holding myself back, you know, even in that realm of, you know, just based off the questions I'm asking, I'm not going more advanced like that, but, um, you know, that's kind of the, the, the basic gist of what we're doing currently. Matt, uh, you incorporate a lot of water features, which is very, you know, customizable. Not that, not to say that, you know, pavers and outdoor living spaces aren't. But what what questions are you getting down to to understand more about their interest in water features incorporated into their outdoor living space? Specifically, what questions are you asking your clients? So uh, one of the first things we'll do is is I'll just want to start outside and. I know that they've got a lot of pent up like anticipation for me getting there. So I want them to kind of just get everything that they wanted to say out. And so I invite them outside and I just tell them, Hey, let's get outside. Let's walk the property. I want you to walk and talk and just start picking out and pointing out the oldest things that you don't like or want to change or see and that kind of stuff. Um, and as we're doing that, I'll kind of, you know, I'll wait for pain points and I'll, I'll poke the wound a little bit and, it's a lot easier to sell from uh, from plain than it is from pleasure. 
Um, but then once we get to the backyard and, and just kind of, uh, I'm going to ask questions, loaded questions on how do you intend on using this space when we're all said and done? And I want to, you know, I'll have follow-up questions like that. Like, okay, great. You know, when you're entertaining out here, what's the average sized, you know, dinner party that you might be hanging out here? Okay. Eight to 10. All right. What's the maximum party? Some people throw ragers, you know, some people say, Oh, we have modest parties and, and their modest party is 50 to 60 people. And because that's just their, their family and their grandkids. And, and that's just how many people show up. So, you know, I'm not going to give them, a 200, you know, 300 square foot patio, if they're having 50 people over, you know, I know from there that we're going to do that. And then I'm going to, I'm going to maneuver that conversation. All right. When you're sitting here, you know, we've got a lot of views in Colorado Springs. And so a lot of people want to capture those views in the, in the mountains um, from where they're at. So I'll try and turn their attention to an ugly side of the yard and say, hey, this is an opportunity for this or that, you know, cause the sun's goes down and, you know, have you thought about having a fire pit? Now you're sitting by the fire, you're listening to the water, the fish are swimming, you've got friends over, you're now, you know, lost track of time, it's one o'clock, you've got drinks, and you're just having the best getting lost in conversation. I want to bring them to that place mentally, and almost physically, before we've even put pencil to paper, I want them to buy into the lifestyle that we're about to design for them. Um, because it's, it's an experience. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going to try and do with that conversation. Definitely. <clears throat> Well, that's great because, I mean, it's exactly that. Sales is all psychological. Before anything, it's psychological. Like I said, nobody here is selling based on price. We're literally selling an experience. And uh, it's exactly that. I mean, if you could get in the client's mind or get them into your mind, I've said this many times, is I don't necessarily, I want to understand the client, but I want to get them into my mindset. And I, most of the projects that I've signed, they've always said, oh, my God, you know what? Honestly, we love your passion. Cause I get very passionate and I, once I get in their yard and I'm talking to them, like I, I'm very much the type that I'll, uh, Oh, you know what? Like, uh, what would be amazing is this. And then I go over a story, something, cause that's just how it comes out. It's not like a sales pitch or anything. I just, that's how I, I am. So I'll be like, you know what? Uh, actually I had a client once that wasn't even sure about this and they did it. And you know, I went by and next thing I know I'm there till two in the morning, having a glass of wine, this and that. And it's like, at this point now they feel like they know you they feel like they they know a little bit about your personal life so i think that's a big part is mm -hmm. to uh, get them into your mind not necessarily get into the client's mind. My, my goal is to connect with them on a personal level too i want mm -hmm. i want them to feel like we're friends i think one of my secret sauces is you know i'm gonna i want to make them feel super special when they're working with me like they are the only people that exist when i'm there and they've got my full and undivided attention and then i am getting just as excited it's it's important not to get more excited than they are as a project i may i learned that mistake a couple of times early on where you get bought in you know like oh you want a water feature in a fire pit and i, I just saw you know a, a blank canvas and i'd get too excited uh, and blow the deal because I'd skip over the budget or something silly like that. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I like connecting with them on a personal level. And, um, but I do want to add that, like, if you brand yourself and brand your company and start marketing yourself to not just the people that need your services now, but to the people that might need it in five, 10, 15 years, you're going to start attracting the people that you want and they're going to start coming to you for you, for your yard, for your look and all that kind of stuff. It makes this whole process simpler because if you're open, especially using your social media channel and you talk about price and you talk about your process and you just talk about all of this openly, you know, you're going to build that trust and you're going to start from a foundation of trust. If we're starting from as strangers, then we have to do all of that work that I'm now putting five years ahead because I'm trying to get them attracted to my media channels and get them on the boat and get them on the Heiner train years before they're ready to buy. So that way, when they're ready to buy, there are no competitors. It's me. They know what they've already got a budget established. They know that it's ready. Those are the best clients because, you know, they, they want a Heiner job. They don't, they don't want just a backyard. Matt, does that mean you, you said, uh, you know, marketing to those customers 5, 10, 15 years ago, does that mean hopping on TikTok and, and starting to grow that channel? Because, you know, th that that demographic yeah. is going to start to expand and then incorporate, 
you know, those, those older clients. What does that mean? Haver King and I are having a party on TikTok right now. You guys need to join in. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, no, I, I joined in TikTok. I'm still trying to figure it out. I just hired a full-time videographer. We're going into YouTube hard this year. Um, I, you know, Instagram really showed me the the potential that social media truly brings uh, if you really commit to it. And so that I think that was one of the biggest game changers for us because I was struggling hovering at the million dollar mark for years and years and years. And then once I finally went all in on Instagram, you know, most of my followers are in their 20s. They're not buyers. My average customers, you know, 50 to 60. And but, you know, I refer everybody to Instagram. And, and once they see that and see all the excitement and the momentum we have behind that, it's they all become raving fans. So talking about building that relationship on site with that initial consultation, you've already made that connection with them with that social media. That's something that I'm going to start to do in my business. Caleb, did you have something you wanted to say there? I, I apologize. It was just something actually along those lines with Instagram is interesting. Again, in our world demographic, uh, we're getting referrals from people that are following us on Instagram, but they're referring their, their grandparents and their parents is what we're seeing. And I think Swihart was killing uh the instagram thing off of hashtags and stuff in his area and stuff that's kind of off topic here i think maybe but um i thought that was interesting like uh heiner's concept there at least is like we're seeing that to some extent except it's referring upwards in generation that exact thing where where kids are following me because they're into that luxury lifestyle and then their dad goes hey we need a landscaper and kids are jumping oh i got somebody for you so there's honestly like i don't know i don't a lot of guys here have kids, but my kids are still young. And um, I feel like when that day comes and I'm, they're going to refer me somebody, if I don't take who they choose or who they follow on Instagram at that point, it's just going to, they're not never going to stop nagging about it. <laughs> so uh, they want to almost be like, you know, because they, they feel like it's cool. You know, that's a, that's a, this company's big on Instagram or whatever. So I think that the kids uh, are definitely influencing, well, kids, teenagers. Uh, teenagers mid you know early 20s are definitely influencing a lot of their parents decisions when it comes to this because the parents are like oh you know what okay uh you you, you think they do good work yeah, yeah yeah i've been following them whatever they're referring you they're doing all the legwork and you've never exchanged any kind of conversation with these people right so it's definitely uh they feel like they know you because it's a different world like the parents are still going to open the yellow pages, <laughs> but, uh, but that's it. Same thing. Definitely, definitely early twenties are up, are upselling us big time. So, uh, Dan, you did mention that you, for, for your employees, that you do have a list of questions that, uh, they can refer to cause it's questions that they, that you want them to ask if, if so that they don't forget, um, what do those questions do for you or or do you kind of have anticipated responses to those questions that you can kind of dig further with your employees like what what does that look like for you so so those questions are are kind of like brainless questions in a way that um i don't want the it's easy like you can get real excited about what's going on and forget to ask the really, really simple questions that are right in front of you. Um, like, you know, do they do they have irrigation? Do they have a dog fence? I mean, uh, we used to miss, you know, the the simple low hanging fruit is the one sometimes you miss the most, but they're sometimes the most important, you know, in regards to the design. So that um, that sheet has just, I mean, you know, tons of of things about. You know, is that what kind of drops there are? Is there a septic system? Uh, you know, just it, it, it goes through, um, you know, drainage. It goes through ton. I can't remember all the things that are on it, but it's more, it's not more about, it's not questions. It's more like a, as a checklist for um, the designer. They're not things that, some of our things that we would bring up with the client, but most of them are things that we would walk around and check after we're done with the, the consultation. But there are, there are some questions on there you know, that are specific to the homeowner, you know, that, um, that revolve around like budget and, and just high level things that they can have something to write down because this sheet is actually stapled onto the front of a folder. That is the client's folder through the duration, um, of, of the sales process. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. 
Uh, and Jeremy, you said that you just show up with a notepad and your own ears. Can you expand on that? What what information are you trying to draw from your client? What are you getting into? Because uh, you obviously have a, a, a system in place that you can then take that. Do you offer them a design on the spot and tell them, like, kind of try to show them visually what that looks like? So by the time I've gotten there, I generally, we've already discussed, um, you know, what they're doing, what their budget is, what what uh you know design fees could be all that's already been discussed so basically i'm just knocking on the door and saying hey uh nice to meet you let's uh take a look at what you got so then we go out back and and see their space um i i now have on my website um where clients can book a consultation with me or my other designer and basically they have to go on there and fill out a series of questions before they can even book with us so We've kind of gotten to the bottom of a lot of this stuff um, prior to me getting out there, which is really nice. And then it's I, I kind of have that as soon as I pull up, I can pull up those notes on the email that it sends me and just kind of go down the list and remind myself. So I think I might add some questions like what Dan was talking about, just some simple no brainer stuff that they can kind of do more legwork for us on the front. end. that's kind of nice. Um, but, yeah, it's it's pretty natural. I mean, I don't really think about it, to be honest. I've done it so many times that it's just you knock on the door and you just start getting into it and and uh you know you discuss discuss what they want and um um so basically i'm there at that point at first meeting i want to sell a design that's you know we've already discussed like we they they have to kind of agree that they're willing to pay a minimum design fee of a five hundred dollars but when we get there, you know, at least we're going to get that five hundred dollars if it's a simple project. But it could be two thousand, you know, depending on how you know complexity. So we're just trying to sell the design and, and get things rolling at that first consultation. That's what that's what I'm up to when I'm there. No, Jeremy, let me ask you because uh, I'm I'm like I said I'm struggling with this now while well, I'm uh, putting these systems in place now. But because I have my basic two D design fee of two of uh, five hundred bucks and do are you going on site for that fee as well? Cause the way I, the way I did it is like my basic 2d is just in uh, allocation of space pavers here, pavers there. There's no, we're not checking grade. We're not doing anything like that. Do you do that in that as well? Because that's where I'm trying to draw the line of at what point I definitely want to get them in on the design initially because it makes my job easier. And, um, it allows me to, uh, to really create something that I think is best for them. Not when you get this one plan that's been put together by God knows who. And you're like, okay, I had a client draw one once. I'm like, look, even if you send me a sketch and he drew it himself and he thought he was like an architect and I put it into my system, I scaled it. I'm like, okay, well, it's 2,200 square feet. No, it's not that much. Like, dude, you drew it and I put it to scale. <laughs> it's 2,200 square feet. Um, so are you going on site and, and doing all this? at that basic 2d or or whatever the case is yeah I'm, i haven't gotten to the point where i don't have to go yet so <laughs> well, well is it? yeah <laughs> nice uh yeah we still have to go and measure and look but you know um it's not to say we're doing you know big pool job uh design for 500 bucks but you know simple patios and stuff like that we've got them broken into tiers i don't know if that that helps you or not um and we'll do like a, like a 500, 1500 and a $2,000 kind of, those are our tiers, but like yeah. uh, a $500 one would be like no pool patio, um, you know, landscape, just, you know, uh, around a house, not, not a lot of grade changes, but like for that 500, um, I'm going at you trying to get the job, you know, I'm, we're pricing, yeah. we're, we're picking material, we're picking colors, textures. Uh, we want the job. So for every tier, uh, we're collecting that um, right at the first appointment. So we don't move forward with any measuring or design work until we've received that payment in full for the whole design. The payment is not refunded in any way towards the work. It's, it's a separate section that is, it's like art, it's worth something. So, um, but then for those tiers, uh, that is where, you know, each, each tier is going at, like we want the job for, for each tier. And, as the work increases, that's where you bump up to another tier. 
you know, our, our ones we've been hitting a lot are the $2,000 ones because that's a pool uh, and a, and a outdoor kitchen and a lot of grade changes. But I would think for every Tony, for every one you're doing, like, I, I don't know um, if you have any other higher tiers, but I would say like, you know, for that $500, I would, I, you know, I would go after them and try to fully get the job. Yeah. Well, I have four, I have four tiers now. So that's literally what I've been putting together uh, because I'm at that point right now where I'm trying to, uh, set my my uh, standards let's say and um because i was giving too much i was like yeah you know what i'll put it in 3d just because i want to show you my vision and then they were coming into the office and i have to say 85 percent of the time the client's like you know what nobody showed us this in 3d like did, we got the job i didn't matter the price anything I but that 15 percent menu this year yeah exactly well that the problem is that that 15 percent that wasted our time that 15 percent that took pictures of our our stuff just just got under my skin and ruined it for the other 85 percent so uh that's why now it's everything's through design so like i have my my tier of basics just you know what you don't know where your uh, pool's gonna go or where your, your your pavers are gonna go that's what 500 bucks is it's gonna tell you where things will go but there's no heights there's no nothing just that's where things will go and because it's the same price that a pool contractor would charge just for a pool implantation plan and then after we have like our to be somewhat competitive we have like our 850 which would give you the same thing but with elevations and uh, then we jump to the 3ds which are uh, i have like my 3d which is just one paver choice let's say uh, throughout the project and then what i did to protect my brand locally is i did like the zanko signature which is like it jumps to double the price and it's in the 3000 some odd range where at that point I was very protective of my inserts and my mixing of pavers and all that. And I was giving away too many ideas and I was protective about it. I feel for nothing because uh, the clients weren't remembering what I was saying enough to de not in enough detail to give it to another contractor or finding the contractors to do it. So I figured once I put it on paper and they're going to have this physical copy at that point, um, I, I charge for it that I, I don't, I just learned that I don't really care if I made my three and a half thousand or 4,000, like go, if you want to find somebody to try to pull this off then good luck. And I have no problem with that. I got paid for my time. There's, there's serious value in design and, and, and the people that get it, get it. Yeah. For sure. I think everything should be designed. Well, uh, you guys, um, I mean, there's a, uh, was it Water and Earth or Wind and Earth? Matt from, uh, I think it's Water and Earth Landscaping. Yeah, up in, yeah. 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 Uh, well, Matt, I mean, it was what kind of put it all together for me was when Matt said up in California, uh, nobody, nobody will even quote on a job without a plan. If there's no, if there isn't a plan made, or if they're not being hired for a plan, they will not even quote on it. And the homeowners themselves have been conditioned that way where they will not start a project without first step being, okay, plans. And I think that a lot of uh, contractors now with how many programs are out there, I feel like that's going to be our the norm in three years from now. Our industry is going to be plan ran 100%. Uh, and, and I think it's great because it's definitely getting clients a lot more serious. We're getting a lot less uh, people that are bored and just want to get there. Yeah. You know, let's see what it would cost. Okay. Well, if it's costing you that minimum of 500 bucks, you might want to, you might want to only call when you're really serious and ready to do it. I, I kind of relate it to the, um, you know, if you're building a house and you have to buy the plans ahead of time, usually it's, 100%. You, know, it's uh, you hire an architect you know, you hire a professional to do it. I mean, we're, we're in most cases, you know, we're doing projects that, you know, are, are large and it's hard to estimate them without a design. Like you've been saying, it's really hard to put an actual price on something that's not designed out properly. So I'm trying to get better at that because I, like I said, I'm not a designer. So sometimes it's difficult to bring a designer in or wait the lead time or so I'll just sketch something or uh, I'll try to put something together. So if it's if it's just hardscape, I can usually do something fairly quick. And 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 I I'm a, I'm honestly selling craftsmanship. I mean that's kind of what I uh, I'm I'm really focusing on is the type of work we do, um, the, the the one stop shop we can kind of offer, and that's working pretty well. And and then we bring a designer in to do the design part because that's not my forte. So um, anyway, it's it is I you know I've I've done enough building and you know construction type stuff where it's 
it, I, it's just easier. I just try to, I just try to say, Hey, it's, you know, just like if you were building a house, you know, you have to have something to go off of for the, to build the budget off of. So that seems to work really well when trying to sell the design for me. Well, guys, I said that I'd have you out here 10 after. It is 10 after. I just want to do a quick. You have 10 seconds to answer this question before we go into closing remarks, closing comments. 10 seconds. Red flags with customers. What comes up in that initial consultation that makes you say, this is not a customer for me. I am not going to continue this. And because Mike Paverking, you discussed it earlier. What are those red flags that come up on a job site? Or on that first consultation. Uh, okay, ten seconds. If they haven't cleaned up their dog shit, then that's a red flag for me. That's a good one. That is. Yeah, sure, it is. It's like if you don't care enough, then I'm going to tromp right. It's just a red flag for me. It's generally people I don't want to work for. Perfect, Dan over at the dot Dan dot Watson. Um, uh, one there's a lot of red flags, but one of them is, um. Uh, time frame. I'm like, hey, I want this project done. Can can you start in four weeks? You know, or you know, if they haven't thought about like how busy things are, and and with all of our contractors, every trade is busy. Um, that takes time to design. Um, that that's a, a red flag for us. Definitely, Matt at the underscore yardist. Oh, if they're if they know the price of materials, if they've got if they've oh, done. <laughs> so much research to where they know, you know, that this paver is five fifty eight and this paver is six twenty two. Oh my gosh! Or they want to buy their own materials. They want or, to. They, oh, or they yeah. want to buy oh, the materials. God, I hate that. I'm out on that. Red flag, but like just a red flag that they know the pricing of like hard hard materials. Perfect. That's Craig Scheller at Scheller Outdoor Living. Well, I was gonna say I wasn't gonna say this, but yeah, my, my buddy's a uh, you know my buddy's a contractor. He can buy this for me or whatever. Yeah, or um, I, I you know sometimes it's the uh, I have you know a thousand pictures I found on Pinterest or, um, but some I, I got the one one time and they already had a bunch of lines painted out in the yard. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> obviously you've gotten a bunch of people here drawing all their lines in your yard so you can see what you're doing. So that's usually a red flag for me. Perfect, Tony at Zamco Group. If they're engineers, like I don't know what it is. If, attorneys, if they're, if they're professional engineers or, or attorneys, oh my god, yeah. no, it's, it's it's guys. I'm not saying they're all. They're not saying everyone's an engineer is like this, but everybody who's been an engineer has known more about my profession than me. Oh yeah, anybody who's an engineer knows that they ask you like overly structural. I had one that said, "Well, you know, should we put 24 inches of concrete under all of this?" And I'm like, "For what?" Like for what? Well, you know, because it's stronger. Okay, sure. You know what? Yeah. So engineers are, are a no-go. Like, thank you for your time. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and Jeremy at J Squared Outdoor. Um, I think the big one I'm getting lately is how much would it save me if I did stamp concrete? Yes. <laughs> and or decks. <laughs> or decks, yeah. Decks are more right now, actually, the lumber with it. Yeah. <laughs> And as somebody else in the comments said, how about if I can do some of the work? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. How about if I dig out the hole for you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm home, so, you know, I can help yeah. you guys, you know? like you know, the deck like, down. You just deliver yeah. the plants. Yeah. Plants and I'll plant them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Everyone go follow these guys, and we're going to do closing remarks. Anything that you think did not get said during this time, and where can our audience go find you, or takeaways, takeaways that you got from this conversation, uh, anything that you want to leave the audience with, and where can our audience go and find you? We'll start in reverse order there, starting with Jeremy at Outdoor on Instagram. Um, I'm going to be looking really hard at front doors from here on out. <laughs> Uh, you can find me uh, at J Squared Outdoor on Instagram. Thank you, Tony at Zamco Group. Well, you could find us at Zamco Group, and um, yeah, I'd say I think the most interesting uh, part thing that I heard was uh, actually keeping the clients next to each other. I thought that was very, very interesting. I never thought of that uh, because yeah, I've I've seen like that eye contact where they're trying to speak to each other, and it's really awkward. 
So uh, keeping them next to each other is definitely something that I'm going to be looking forward to going forward. Craig Scheller at Scheller Outdoor Living. Oh, one thing I was I was going to mention, I, uh, I've gotten pretty good at working, uh, working the husband and wife a little bit. So like trying to figure out who really wants what and who's actually making the decision. And, uh, and there's been situations where I've actually, this was a, a long time ago, but um, we were having, I was having a discussion with the husband and wife. I actually stepped between them and talked to the wife. I was like, I looked back at him. I said, okay, we're going to talk to you and we need to check. What do you want? Because it was like this back and forth. It was a very bold move. Honestly, it was one of the boldest moves I've ever made. I got the job. But um, anyway, that was kind of fun. I'm at Scheller Outdoor Living. Excellent. Thank you. And Matt Heiner at the underscore Yardist. Yeah. Find me there on Instagram, uh, either on the Yardist or uh, at Heiner Outdoor Living. So uh, not a great time. Always, always a pleasure to be in, in uh, this company. So thanks for having me. Awesome. And Dan at the dot Dan dot Wasson. Um, it's, it's a great conversation tonight. I think it's, it's interesting that selling is, is, uh, less about like how much you know about the pavers or how much you know about all, all the things you're selling, but like, it's, maybe it's, it's, it's a lot more about maybe not talking, listening, paying attention if there's doors or shoes or if they're wearing heels or whatever but it's it's there's a lot more to selling than than uh just just what you know there's there's a there's that emotional and listening aspect to it that um i think um i'm, I'm definitely going to pay more attention to doors and uh shoes from now on but um, i think that's that's all good stuff uh, you can find you can follow me at, at the dan wasson or um at wasson nursery thank you and mike at paver underscore king close us out uh, I concluded from this group tonight that I need to learn how to use a zip level. <laughs> I think that was some good information, maybe, feedback to me. Uh, and I like Dan's idea about the list. I've never had a list in 30 years, and I think it's great to have that, like, a basic question there, like the dog fence. I mean, I've dug up a lot of stuff in my life and destroyed a lot of things because I didn't have a basic knowledge, of, or, I, or I didn't pass the basic knowledge on to the crew. Mm. Um, I think that was a great piece of information I'm definitely going to implement so that we have a better way to pass on information. And you can find me at Paver King or wherever there's decks being destroyed. And <laughs> <laughs> in any of those places, I'm good. So. And, and I appreciate being part of the group. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us and listening in, those that tune in live and those that are re-watching this on our YouTube channel. Go follow these guys because they put in a lot of uh, time into the podcast, showing up, giving you their advice, and then these roundtable rallies. Thank you. I can't thank you guys enough for showing up to these and, and actually being wanting to be a part of these. So thank you. And you can uh, check out the podcast. Oh, also, uh, Caleb Amon at Almond Landscape LLC on Instagram. He was in here earlier, and he's also got the Kid Contractor podcast now available on uh, wherever you can find podcasts. So check him out as well. And we look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.